0: If you're watching online, thank you so much for watching. We love that you are a part of this, even if you can't be physically part of this. So thank you for watching. Uh, hey, my name's John. I'm the lead pastor here, in case you missed that earlier. Uh, a little just warning as we start out tonight. There may be things dripping and flying out of my face. <laughs> Nobody's in the front row. You'll be safe. I'll step back, but i uh, just, just fighting a little something. So bear with me tonight as we <coughs> get... Get talking. Uh, we are actually in part five of a six part conversation talking about and looking at the problems many people have with Christianity and with God. And we're calling this a, a conversation. And obviously, we can't talk to each other right now because that would just be awkward. We're not that kind of place because, you know, I have a microphone it's my job. But we want to have a conversation with you. So that's why on the back of those welcome cards in the seat in front of you, it has a little box that says, so what about <laughs> If you have a question about anything we're talking about tonight, uh, maybe it's not about what we're talking about tonight, but something that pops in your head as we're talking. Write it down, and then after service, go to the info table and drop that little piece of paper into the, the wooden box you see there, and we will uh, continue this conversation this week through email. If you're online, you can do the same thing, right under where you found... Um, watch online there's a little section that says ask a question you can do the same thing there now before we get going I wanted to remind you one thing that I forgot to mention when we talked about our Four Salem challenge this month when you're wearing your Saturday Four Salem gear take a selfie of yourself that's taking a picture of yourself in case you're not really aware of the selfie thing but take a picture of yourself post it somewhere on the internet like Facebook Instagram whatever and at the end of the month, we will have a drawing of people who posted their for Salem selfies. Their Saturdays for Salem selfies. That's what we're calling it from now on. And we'll have a drawing at the end of the month. And you will win an awesome gift card. All right? That has nothing to do with what I'm about to talk about. I just want to make sure you knew that you could get free stuff by advertising for us for free. Okay? Don't worry. We'll get there. You guys are waking up. It's okay. You missed an hour. You'll be fine. So, we are in the middle of a conversation, actually near the tail end of a conversation about people's problems with God, with Christianity. We're following this book, uh, it's kind of our rough template, The Problem of God by Mark Clark. And we really think this is a great book, a great conversation starter, and maybe you've had questions, and there's a lot in this book we've used as a template, like I said, but there's a lot in here that obviously I wasn't able to cover. And so what we want to do, we got copies of this book, we got 30 copies of this book, and we want to give it to you. So if you are interested, where you could do a suggested donation of $5, that's our cost for these books, but definitely not required whatsoever, but we have these books in the lobby. You can get a free shirt and a free book today. are you be sure? Yeah. See, if you're watching online, can't do that, can you? So anyway, uh, these books are available in the lobby after service. The Problem got God by Mark Clark. And one of, the things we've, one of the main things we've been saying in this series is we've talk, been talking about the uh, proof for the existence of God, why there's evil and suffering, that type of thing. And what we've agreed to do, you guys never told me you agreed to it, and I agreed for you, is that we're going to follow where the evidence leads, not where we hope it leads. Because we, we all have a predisposition to believe one thing, we want to believe one thing, but sometimes evidence points the other way. And so we could either bury our head in the sand, and just be like, no, 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 I don't care about that evidence. Or we could just look at the evidence for what it is, measure it, weigh it, and see where it leads. Then let that either reinforce what we believe, or maybe change a few things about what we believe. So this week, we are going to talk about hypocrisy. Aren't you glad you're here? In fact, here's the thing. For many people, the greatest proof against God's existence is the behavior of Christians. For many people, the reason they don't believe God exists, the reason they don't believe Christianity is worth anything, is because of the behavior of people who say they follow Christianity. In 2007, the Barna group, which does all these research things and does all these polls and whatnot, uh, in 2007, the Barna group did a poll asking people who were not Christians, why have you rejected Christianity? None of the top six answers were about evidence We've, been, we've talked about the scientific evidence for the existence of God. Um, we'll talk about later um, proof for the resurrection, all that kind of stuff. Like, none of these, none of their arguments for not believing Christianity had to do with evidence. All had to do with Christianity, how they see Christianity. In fact, the top three reasons people rejected Christianity was one, anti-homosexual. The church is seen as anti-homosexual, it's seen as judgmental. And they see Christianity as hypocritical. Had nothing to do with evidence. Had everything to do with how they see either the Christians they know or the Christians they see in the media acting. And the way they see them acting makes them believe that there is nothing to this Christianity thing. Because either they're acting exactly the same as everybody else, or maybe they're even acting worse because they say they believe something, but their actions are saying something else. It's almost like you Jesus is cool. You know maybe there's maybe there's God maybe there's not. You know Jesus was a good guy, but his followers. I don't want to have anything to do with that group. Why would I want to be labeled with them? So the the way they see Christians living makes them not want to even explore Christianity. And then it's made even worse by public scandals and the abuse of hypocritical church leaders. In fact, just this week, one of my inspired me to maybe venture out and be on, my to start a church altogether and start it from the ground up, the the report just came back that it was most likely that he did, you know, harass people and abuse people and misuse his power. It is, we just see it almost every month, a new uh, popular pastor getting in trouble for basically being a hypocrite. And well, maybe, you know, maybe this hypocrisy thing is one of the big reasons why you left church the first time. Maybe it's, it's the reason why it took you a while to be like, you know what, maybe I want to turn to church again. Maybe, not. maybe you're watching online, and the reason you're watching online is because it's safe, because the hypocrites can't get you. I don't blame you. I'm actually really proud and encouraged that if that's your story and you're here, or even you're watching online, that takes courage, I think. Because somebody who said they were a Christian or even a a church group of leaders hurt you in some way. See, now that's just individuals, right? But it it gets worse. Aren't you are here on a sunny day? See, that's how individual Christians act. But what about all the atrocities committed in the name of the church, committed in the name of Jesus, committed in the name of Christianity, the Crusades, the Inquisitions, the witch hunts? See, obviously, the hypocrisy of Christians and the church it's one of the biggest problems of Christianity. So what do we do with all of this? Well, it's easy. If you're a jerk, stop telling people you're a Christian.
1: <laughs>
0: you're welcome. Yes. No, but really, why would anyone want to be a part of this group that's responsible for uh, the killing of millions of people, the, the judging of you know half the I don't know where I was going with that. Half the population. Half the population, sure. Yeah, just, just this judgmental, hypocritical group. Why does everybody want to be a part of it? I think that's a good question. And so we're going to look at it. We're going to look at the evidence. And we're going to see if we can kind of clear the air and maybe find a way forward with all of this. Because this is a huge problem. And I think, really, as we get started, the first step in dealing with the problem of hypocrisy is admitting it's true. It's true. And to explain it away, or to say, you know, well, it's not really that bad. Or to say, well, maybe that's just... The truth is, people who have said they are Christians, people who have said they are leaders in the church, have hurt people. Throughout history, it still happens today, they have done and are doing horrible things. People who say they are Christians, in the name of Jesus, you are here, or you're watching online, and you've been hurt or victimized by somebody who said they were a Christian, by some, by maybe a church, the leadership, myself of Cross Creek, want to sincerely apologize to you. Maybe it wasn't us, maybe it wasn't this church, but we need to still call ourselves a church of Jesus, and I think we need to take responsibility for the hurt caused by people who have said, "Hey, I'm a church of Jesus." So I want to ask for your forgiveness. I mean, we all need to take responsibility for the institutions that carry the name of Jesus. But I think we also, after we admit that it's true, I think we still need to move forward. I think we, well, we need to look at why does this happen? Why is there hypocrisy in the church? There is, that's a huge problem. So why? Well, first, I think there are, there are many people in the church we are not actually Christians. Why is there hypocrisy in the church? Well, first of all, there's a lot of people in the church who are not actually Christians. And I'm not talking about people who are checking out church, checking out Jesus. That's, that's awesome. We want to be here. That's why we created a church for people who don't normally go to church. That's the whole point of the Protestant, is to bring people who don't normally go to church to hear about Jesus. That's not what I'm talking about by people who are in the church that don't know Jesus. See, there are people in the church who claim to be Christians. There are leaders of churches who are living a lie. In fact, this isn't, this isn't surprising. This isn't surprising to Jesus. He actually said this would be the case. And today, we're going to be talking, we're going to be going through the Bible a lot today. So if you brought a Bible, you can attempt to change to turn there in your Bible and go in different verses. But we're going to have everything on the screen. So you don't have to, you know, get lost in that type of thing. But the reason we're going to be using a a lot of Bible quotes, a lot of Bible scripture today, is because I want you to see what the real Christianity is about. Not just maybe what you've seen in the news or what you've seen other people do with Christianity, okay? But Jesus actually taught that there's going to be people in the church who are not Christians. He said, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Are they they following Jesus? Or what does their life show? How do they treat other people? Do they follow Jesus' law of love, to love their neighbor as themselves. You can tell by the fruit. He goes on. Now everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, hey Jesus, we're cool. I go to church. I believe in God. We're buddies, right? Lord, Lord, we'll enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? I mean, raise your hand if you've done all three of those. I mean, if we, if I got up here and said, hey, let me tell you the story about this, this person I healed just by praying for him. And you know, there is this guy who, who seemed to have a demon and I just said, get out in the name of Jesus. And they fled. And I'm telling you all these stories. Like, Man, he must really be a good Christian, right? Who's that guy? Well, that's what they're saying. We were the elite, Jesus. We did all these things in your name. It wasn't for us. We were all about God's glory. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. Jesus said there would be false teachers and false followers. There are many people who say they are Christians who attend every Sunday, never watch those bad shows or movies you know the ones you want to watch when you don't. They never drink. They never smoke. They never chew. They never go with girls that do. follow all the rules. They even serve at a church. They even give their money to a church who actually don't know, don't follow, and don't love Jesus at all. They have simply put on the mask cultural Christianity which is why Jesus will tell him get away from me you not you 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 really had nothing to do with me you never knew me and I never knew you why are you calling me Lord Lord you didn't love like I was your lord so the point is that many maybe most of the hurt and pain caused by Christians are not done because of they follow Jesus. But because they only pretend to follow Jesus, they don't even know Him. See, here's the thing. Simply saying you believe in God, or saying, I believe in Jesus, is not the same as knowing and following Him. You can say whatever you want, right? That's what Jesus said. You can say whatever you want, but your fruit, how you actually live, how you actually love, will be the proof of who you actually are. Jesus' brother actually said this. You believe that there is one God. You believe in God. That's awesome. good." Good for you, he says. Fantastic. Dilly dilly. Here's your medal. You believe in God. Even the demons believe that. And they shudder. See, I don't know where you stand on the whole spiritual world thing. Jesus believed in a spiritual world. I believe in the spiritual world. Jesus believed there were demons, so I believe there are demons. A, a, somebody in the spiritual world, a, a, an evil spirit like a demon, knows there's a God. Knows his power, knows his how awesome he is, so much so that when they even think about him, they shudder. <laughs> but they don't follow Jesus, do they? So you can know everything you want about Jesus about God, but if... If you're not actually his follower, you don't know him. You are not his. See, the proof of a true follower of Jesus is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are not things that make you a Jesus follower. Those are the results of following Jesus. Those are the fruits of being a Jesus follower. So I think it would be a mistake to judge Christianity and judge Jesus based on the actions of people who simply claim the name don't even know what it means to be like Jesus right? I went to the gym once are you going to judge the gym based on my performance right now based on what you're seeing, no are you gonna, yeah I, that's my gym I go to that gym I went there five years ago, yeah but I'm a gym guy where's the proof right So don't judge the gym based on me. Don't judge Jesus based on that jerk who hurt you. If you want to fairly judge Christianity, look at its founder. If you want to fairly judge Christianity, look at its founder. Look at Jesus. What did Jesus teach? How did Jesus live? In fact, believe in this challenge so much by looking at the founder of Christianity is really judging that our next series in two weeks we're calling The Real Jesus. Who was Jesus? Did he actually exist? What did he teach? How did he live? Who did he say he was? So that's, that's in a couple weeks. I just wanted to give you a plug for that. If you want to judge Christianity look at Jesus. Because that's what it's about. It's not about people who said, you know what? Uh, yeah, I went to church once and, oh, Christianity's dumb because look at that. No. Doesn't make any sense. Now I think there's another reason hypocrisy seems so common in the church. People often misunderstand the message of Christianity. They misunderstand what the whole point is in the first place. So you've seen in this question, maybe you've asked it yourself. Maybe online you've asked this question. If Christianity is true should Christians be better or more moral than everyone else? Like, shouldn't it just make them every Christian should just be better? They should just be nicer. They should be kinder. They should... See, it's based on the assumption that Christianity is about getting people to stop doing bad things. Like a cultural society control mechanism. That's not the message of Christianity. You know, the... We, we think, once you're a Christian, you know, you follow all the rules, you have your life all together. I actually saw this. I was, I was talking to a guy, and he said, you know what, I need, I need Jesus. And I thought, okay, we can do that. We can talk about that. And we talked, and he came to the point where he was like, you know what, I want to be a Christian. I want to be a Jesus follower. I want to give my life to Jesus. And so he told Jesus that. You know, he accepted Jesus to be his king. And then after, he said, well, I guess I have to stop chewing. And I was kind of like, Why? Like, what does that have to do with you loving Jesus? I get the health thing and taking care of your body and all that. But his first thought after making Jesus his king was, well, I guess I have to stop chewing. I guess I have to start following all the rules now, right? That's not the message of Christianity. That's not the point. See, Christianity is not about what we can do for God to make him like us more. It's about what God, through Jesus, did for us. That's what Christianity is. Not what we can do to make God happy or keep God from smiting us. That's not what Christianity is for or about. Christianity is about what God, through Jesus Christ, did for us. See, Jesus came and lived a perfect life precisely because we can't. He earned that perfect standard before God for us. And then He died to wipe our slate clean. And then out of that new life that he offers us through his empowerment, we begin showing his love to the world. It's not that we earn this this, um, title of Jesus follower. No, it's something that we are given. It's a a free gift from God. In fact, the Apostle Paul told the Ephesians this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourself. You didn't do anything for it. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. There's nothing good you can do that God would be like, oh my gosh, that's impressive. Yep, you're in. Good job. No. For we are God's handiwork. He made us. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Not because of good works. We were created to do them which God prepared in advance for us to do. It's not your good works that save you, that make you a Christian. They're the proof of it. So if that's the case, then what should we expect the church, this group of people gathered, calling themselves Jesus followers, what should we expect the church to be like? Like a country club, you know, clean, tidy people who always smell of lavender. Or more like a hospital of hurting people, learning that they are loved, admitting that they aren't perfect continuing to mess up even though they don't want to, and relying on the grace of God to make them new. And that's more in line of what we're talking about here. See, Christians aren't instantly good after going to a church service, right? I'm not instantly in shape after going to the gym. Everyone in the church is at a different place in their life and in their relationship with Jesus. In the in the book, the of God, Mark Clark tells this uh, story of one Sunday at his church. His church was growing. They were running out of, out of parking. And so people had to park on the street. Well, sometimes people would park in places they weren't supposed to park, like fire hydrants in front of people's driveways and whatnot. Because they just were trying to find a place to, to park. Well, there was a guy with his family. He had just, just I think, I don't know if he gives the date, but let's say just the week before, and said, You know what? I think there's something about this Jesus thing. I think I really want to figure this out. No another church for maybe for a month. And so he, he parks in front of this guy's driveway. And the guy comes out and says, hey, you can't park there. And the, the guy going to church says, screw you, I'm late for church. <laughs> now, the guy whose house that is, he could choose to judge the entire church and all Christianity on that one guy. Because he doesn't know his background. Right? But the huge thing is, this guy who parked in the wrong spot actually is going to church. And actually didn't try to fight the guy, right? He probably would want to try to fight him, but He's starting to be transformed. He's becoming more and more... Like Jesus. So we don't judge the merits of Christianity on how good is this person at this moment. Oh, they say they're a Christian, well, how good are they? No, what we do is we look at from where did this person start? How has their life changed since following Jesus? See the difference? So, for a review, why is there hypocrisy in the church? Why is there hypocrisy in Christianity? Either those claiming to be Christian are not actually Jesus followers, or they are ignorant of what it means to actually follow Jesus. And when we look at the history of Christianity, the history of the church, I think we can apply those two things to that history as well. We can apply it to the, the atrocities we see in church history, and we really only have have time to look at one of those. Probably the most famous, the most... Um, used excuse of why there's a problem with Christianity, that's the Crusades. And why the Crusades? This this holy war where Christian soldiers went and slaughtered millions and millions of Muslims and Jews in the name of Jesus. How can you follow a religion that condones that? Where the Pope actually said, Pope Urban II said, God wills it, go down there and slaughter them. In fact, anybody who goes on this crusade, you have a you have a promised spot in heaven. If you die in this crusade, you are straight going to heaven. How can we follow that? Well, if you actually take the time to look at it, look at it through this lens that we've been talking about. See, the crusades are often described as religious wars, and and they were wars, and they were terrible. But in fact, they they weren't religious wars. They were nationalistic, geopolitical wars draped in the trappings of Christianity. Yes, their culture was Christian, and they used Christian words to get people going. But it was not about spreading Jesus' love—the edge of a sword. They had these crusades had nothing to do with the teachings of Jesus. They're for the expansion of or the defense of European rule. See, this idea goes back to the 300s, when Christianity was absorbed and then hijacked by the Roman Empire. You heard of Constantine, adopting Christianity as the as the religion of the of the Empire. And he he created the Holy Roman Empire, right? Because it's a Christian Empire. Well, it was very, very Roman. They still loved killing people. It was very, very empire, still loved being in control and spreading that control, but it was not at all holy. It had nothing to do with Jesus. They were allowed, so they what they did is they expanded their rule under the guise they were spreading the love of Jesus at the edge of a sword. Which, of course, goes completely against what Jesus said his kingdom would be. Here's what Jesus actually said. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Listen, let's remember that in 2020 as the, as the politics start going again, okay? Can we just agree to do that, please? Maybe read this verse once a day. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrests by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. Well, it's he say? But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It's not sound very much like the kingdom of heaven the crusaders were fighting for. In fact, Jesus' kingdom is not about war, not about killing. Jesus' kingdom is about transforming lives through his love. That's the point of Jesus' kingdom. See, killing people, I think even verbally fighting with people in order to get them to become Christians is the most anti-Christian thing I can think of. It doesn't make any sense. Where the... the man we worship as God, the one who started Christianity, Jesus Christ, said, turn the other cheek, love your neighbors yourself. My kingdom is not of this world. Then why would they be killing people to spread Christianity? Because they didn't know what Christianity was about. They wanted power. The crusades were not about spreading the love of Jesus. They're about spreading European power under the guise of Christianity. That's just one example. So where does this lead us? Think here. If you have a problem with hypocrites in the church, or hypocrites in general, you're in really good company. Here's what Jesus said about hypocrites. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. Now, when when we always read Jesus in the Bible, oh, it's the Bible.
1: And it's Jesus.
0: So he's saying, you oh, know, woe to you, Pharisees. He's soft, he's gentle, right? Gentle Jesus. Jesus is angry. Woe to you! You are screwed. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees! You hypocrites! go to the next slide. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to be people as righteous. You appear to be people as righteous. the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. And it gets better. You snakes! You brood of vipers! How will you escape being condemned to hell? Holy God, Jesus? Yes! Jesus is not a fan of hypocrisy. In fact, Jesus hates hypocrisy but he died for sinners Jesus hates hypocrisy but he died for sinners now if you have a active conscience and you're a Jesus follower I want I just want to pause really quick I think this could be very condemning If you do occasionally slip into sin, or you still have some habits or issues Jesus is working on, and you say, I'm a Christian, you're not a hypocrite. You are not a hypocrite. See, you are allowing Jesus to transform you. So go easy on yourself. Remember a a few weeks ago we talked about, it's about progress, not perfection. In this life we will never be perfect, but we can see transformation. We can see progress. You aren't pretending to be something you're not if you're being honest about your need for Jesus' transformation. Does that make sense? Good. Let's get back to the hell and (laughs) Brimstone. See, you're not a hypocrite if you're being honest about who you are. See, hypocrite comes from the the word in Greek for actor. And Greek, actors put on masks. Maybe you've seen the Thespian symbols of the smiling mask and the frowning mask and that type of thing. Greek actors wore masks. That's where we get the word hypocrite. They were pretending to be something they weren't. A hypocrite is pretending to be someone they are not. Pretending everything is okay when inside you know you aren't okay. Pretending to be religious and holy in order to fit some mold you think other people want you in. Being a hypocrite is hiding our brokenness, hiding our sin. And Jesus hates hypocrisy because he wants you to be free, to be the you he made you to be. He made you you with your personality and all that on purpose. If you're pretending to be somebody you're not, that's not why he created you. He wants you to get rid of that mask. See, either we're, I think, one of the problems, one of the reasons we keep our masks on is we're either too ashamed of our sin and don't know what to do about it, so we keep our masks on, and nobody finds out. Or we're too proud to admit we aren't as good as we think we are. We don't want to look in that true mirror of who we really are, so we can keep that mask on. See, that's why Jesus made a way through sin, through brokenness, made a way through hypocrisy. He gave us a way, gave us a way to release us from it. See, he made a way not just to wipe our slate clean, not just wipe your slate clean, but to give you a brand new slate. His perfect slate. His perfect life in exchange for your messed up life. Now this change, this wiping clean of your slate of you won't always see it overnight in your actions. But there will be ongoing transformation. Your fruit will start changing from thistles to figs. If you like figs. Pick your favorite fruit. And you'll see this transformation when you look back. So, you say, no, know, I, I made a decision here. I said, you know what? There is something about this Jesus. I want to follow him. And no, he didn't make it perfect. And no, it wasn't just like, oh my gosh, the heavens have opened and this ray of sunshine shines on me all day long every day. But as you look back on your life, you will see where you could have gone. You'll see where you ended up because of the transformation Jesus brings to your life. So yes, the church is full More importantly, it's full of sinners. Because that's the point. Not to make bad people good, but to change ashamed sinners into free and transforming children of God. It's about coming to a place in your journey where you choose to trust Jesus to save you. Not relying on being good enough to make Jesus like you. We can't do that. It's not possible. There's nothing that we can do to impress God like I've talked about. You trust Jesus, not because you are perfect, but precisely because you are not perfect. Christianity is about taking off the mask and letting the real you be forgiven and made new. So the real question we have to ask is not, what do the hypocrites do with the message of Jesus. I mean, that doesn't really affect us. What did they do? Who cares? See, whether you've been in the Christian culture for a long time or you're just now checking out Christianity, either you're here or you're online, the real question you have to answer is this. What will I, a sinner, do with the message of Jesus? Will you simply wear a mask? That nice, cultural, Christian mask. But never truly follow Jesus. See, you can add to the problem of hypocritical Christians or you can be part of the solution and take off your mask. Will you reject Jesus just because someone who pretended to be a Christian was a jerk? How they distorted the truth has nothing to do with actually following Jesus. So why reject it based on that? Or will you admit that you're broken? Will you trust Jesus to forgive you and transform you. When you throw away your mask for a new identity as a loved and free child of God, it's your choice. Just because others have manipulated it or hijacked the message of Jesus doesn't mean it's not true. Look at the evidence. Where does it lead? side note. If you're watching online thank you again. But if you're watching online and you don't want to come because of the hypocrites in the church and feel safer there I want to invite you to Cross Creek we can always use one more sinner. <laughs> <laughs> and you know you don't, you don't stop going to, to the baseball game because of the jerks that are in the stands. Right? You kind of just look past them and enjoy the game. You don't refuse to go to the gym because, you know, not everyone who's there is there for the right reason. I refuse to go to the gym because I don't want to go. That's a totally different thing. So, maybe we shouldn't refuse to go check out a church or come back to a church just because we're afraid. There might be some hypocrites there. There are! But Jesus died for them too. So what if we judge Christianity not by what ignorant hypocrites have done with it, but by what Jesus taught, by what Jesus did, and what he promised to do. I mean, whether you're a Jesus follower right now or not, what if instead of hiding who we really are, we admitted our brokenness, admitted our hypocrisy, and simply trusted Jesus to transform us into who we were always meant to be? I mean, can you imagine the freedom of not having to hide who you are? Just be like, Jesus made me this way, this is who I am. You made me like this on purpose. I mean, what what change would that bring to your life? What change would that bring to your family? What change would that bring to our city? We could all take off our masks and just be free to be us. I mean, sure, your your past is broken. you don't have to pretend you're fine and stay there, stay in the brokenness. We admit it so we can be transformed, so we can be made new. You can take off the mask and be forgiven. And be fully loved. Because that's the point. Jesus came to destroy hypocrisy. And he frees us once and for all to be who we were made to be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you we don't have to impress you. We don't have to pretend to be something we aren't. We don't have to pretend to enjoy doing all the holy, righteous mumbo-jumbo. We get to be free be loved by you. Thank you for making a way for us to be, to be made new, to be forgiven. Thank you for your grace, for your love. I pray that you'll give us the courage to take off our masks. Admit that we have brokenness, that we have sin and allow you to wash us clean. Allow you to make us new. Give us the courage. Tell others about you, and how you can do that for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you guys have a great week. Thank you for being here. Next week, we will be finishing this series, part six, The Problem of Exclusivity. How can you say Christianity is the only way to God? How arrogant is that? Bye and me here. I'll see you next week.